77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Riffin Reed. Uh, it's a village people day here at WABC. Here we go in the Navy. Okay, it's not YMCA, but it is the village people in the Navy. And a lot of you must be wondering, especially veterans who have served uh, in the Navy, both in peacetime and wartime. And remember, essentially, the United States Marine Corps, you know, Greg Kelly coming up, Lieutenant Colonel Greg Kelly following me at one, is a division of the United States Navy. That's how they came about. I wonder how they're going to react to this story, you vets out there, whether you served in peacetime or wartime. Apparently, we are 8,000 short of the recruitment quota for men and women to be uh, recruited into the United States Navy. Now, remember, we're facing an ominous force that's growing as we speak in Red China. Their Navy, although not yet comparable to ours, Soon we'll have more battleships, more frigates, more uh, personnel out on the seas of the world, the seven seas, and the United States will. So in order to make up this recruitment differential where we need 8,000 people to serve in the United States Navy, the United States Navy has decided to uh, have its own Dylan Mulvaney moment They have drag performer Harpy Daniels, who is the Navy's new digital ambassador, although they didn't have to reach from the outside and pull her onto the deck of the USS Enterprise, the uh, Naval Museum, right off the uh, West Side Highway. No, it's Yeoman Second Class Joshua Kelly, whose stage name is Happy Daniels, announced he would be the Navy's first digital ambassador. Ambassador. I am Joshua Kelly. I am a Navy Petty Officer, and I'm a drag queen. And I'm Harpy Daniels. Now, you see the video, and you see him going from the normal naval dress to actually him preparing himself to perform as a drag queen. I'm hoping this is not on ship. You know, guys... Gals are away sometimes many weeks, many months before they get back to port. I hope this is not part of the entertainment on the uh, 
the C's. Remember Corporal Klinger? Remember Corporal Klinger from MASH? That would have been 70 years ago, basically historically, the Korean War, where Corporal Klinger did everything he could to get out of fighting in the Korean War in the Army, being part of that MASH unit, would dress up as a drag queen, would dress and dress, and nothing got him dismissed. Uh, You did that to get out of the military then. Now the Navy is saying you dress up in drag in order to get into the Navy because you are a premium recruit. And this leads us into a story that, yes, thank you, Peter King, because you and the Nassau County GOP are responsible for giving us uh, George Santos a drag queen for three years. He paid $185,000 to the Nassau County GOP so that he could be their candidate in the 3rd Congressional District, vacated by Tom Swazi, and then it was him and Zimmerman and Santos won. Well, here it is. George Santos <laughs> gets involved in a drag show issue involving a high school in his district in the North Shore, courtesy of Channel 12. A Great Neck uh, High School student's performance in drag is stirring up some conversation tonight. It even caught the attention of Congressman George Santos, who said it was not age-appropriate. But as News 12's Antoinette Biordi tells us, parents are coming to the student's defense. Congressman George Santos shared this video on his social media that he says was sent to him. It shows a student performing in drag during a talent show at Great Neck North High School over the weekend. Great Neck North High School. That's a lot of the Persians, right? That's right. They escaped from Iran, the Shah, Persian Jews. Okay. Now, you would wonder why George Santos would get involved with this, him having been a drag queen for three years back in Brazil. I'll get to that momentarily. But he can't hold himself back. If there is anything out there where he can get his name involved in it, listen to him now. I'm not taking a dig at drag culture and the arts of drag. I'm saying that there's something that's age appropriate and something that's not. And I just don't believe drag should be in school. I'm a gay man. I enjoy drag culture. I think it's very fun. It's entertaining. When you're an adult, I think that exposure to children is it, 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 it raises questions that some parents are, might not be ready to have with their kids. What the hell would you know? You were a drag queen for three years. You still won't acknowledge that. We have video documentary evidence of you for three years dressing up as a woman uh, in every conceivable pageant, drag queen pageant, because you were hoping to be named the drag beauty pageant winner in Rio at the Annabelle Carnival. Carnival. And as some of the drag queens in Rio de Janeiro stated, that when he first was a drag queen, he was a poor drag queen in 2005, George Santos, with a simple black dress. He came back with a lot of money and a flamboyant pink dress to show for it three years later, in which he finished in third place, and his show name as a drag queen was Katara. And you would say to yourself, you won't even acknowledge this, and you're weighing in on the drag queen issue It's taking place at a talent show in a high school involving one of the students. Well, this was the parents' reaction. But parents like Alexandra and Daniel Rubani, who were there during the open mic night student-run show, says the student was expressing himself in a creative way, and they find nothing wrong with it. It was pure, authentic, unbridled, 
um, uncensored artistic expression. In fact, they said the student's parents were also there to support him. Everyone was in tears and choked up and felt the love in the room. And that's what it was about. It was just about, you know, a student expressing themselves. Uh, Peter King, I know you're recovering from a procedure that you had in hospital. Lou, uh, I was wondering, maybe uh, George Santos went over there as a candy striper, uh, took care of Peter King in hospital, maybe went over, wished him well wishes. This is all courtesy of the Nassau County GOP. What an outrage. What an absolute outrage. And this guy won't go away. And the other one won't go away, even though Budweiser, uh, its portfolio is sinking at rapido. It's lost 25% of its net worth, even more so for its product, uh, Bud Light. But Dylan Mulvaney, who... uh, in essence, became the digital ambassador for Bud Light, as we now have a U.S. Navy digital ambassador who's a member of the Navy, Yeoman Second Class Joshua Kelly, whose stage name is Harpy Daniels. This is what <laughs> this is what Mulvaney keeps saying whenever she's interviewed now. I was walking around and everyone was staring and I was like, oh, OK, what's going on? And they were all staring directly at my crotch. And I went, oh, I forgot that my crotch doesn't look like other women's crotches sometimes because mine doesn't look like a little Barbie pocket. Uh, She wasn't invited to the Metropolitan uh, Extravaganza the other night, the Met Museum. I wonder why. But still, Bo Snurdly the other day insisted he couldn't care. Jack Diddley squat. Uh, Whether you drink Bud Light or you don't drink Bud Light. And I just, I don't care about this Budweiser stuff. I don't care what beer you drink. Beer, whatever, drink whatever beer you want to drink. You don't want to drink Bud? Don't drink Bud. You want to drink it? Drink it. Who cares? I have no problem with that. That's my position. It's like, hey, whatever you want to drink. You want to drink Bud Light? You want to drink Miller Light? Whatever it is. I'm not a beer guy. I never drank beer. I never liked the feel of beer going down the hatch. Well, go ahead, knock yourself out, uh, Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light, whatever. But when it comes to Dylan Mulvaney talking about her having a three-piece set, even though she acts and talks and walks like a woman now, apparently that's where Bo Snurdly draws the line. It is indefensible to think that a man could be a woman. It just goes against everything that... We are taught. Now, I understand, and I have a great deal of empathy, and I, I say this every time I have to deal with this topic. I have empathy for people that suffer from dysphoria. I'm not denying that dysphoria is real. I'm not denying that there are people who don't like living in the body that they're in. Now, there's no doubt out of everybody here at WABC, uh, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snardley, talks more about this transgender issue than anyone else. I got to believe today that he's going to be talking about the Navy's Dylan Mulvaney, who is their own yeoman second class, Joshua Kelly, whose stage name is Harpy Daniels, who does a video to show all that she goes through to perform and how she's so happy to be the U.S. Navy's new digital ambassador at you, the taxpayer's expense.
Think of it, ladies and gentlemen. Recruitment has fallen short by 8,000 for the U.S. Navy, and they have decided the only way to meet their quotas is to recruit, exploit, and have their seamen perform as drag queens and then perform their duties on some of the greatest technological creations that have ever come out of the Navy Yards in the history of the United States Navy slash Marine Corps. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. To the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. <laughs> I ain't got no money. I ain't got no car to take you on a date. I can't even buy you flowers, flowers, But together we'll be the perfect soulmates. Talk to me, girl. Need local story. You probably saw the New York City Rent Guidelines Board having its preliminary meeting and during the board's uh, vote on rent hikes. Who led the charge on stage? The wild craze. Tiffany, come on. The mini-me to AOC, all-out crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Spewing venom at anybody who is a landlord. Or anybody, whether you own a two-family house or a 200-apartment building, it didn't matter to her. You were evil, evil, evil. But maybe she is inheriting the mantle of what was Jimmy McMillan. Remember Jimmy McMillan? He actually ran for governor at a time when Andrew evilized Cuomo. King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. I know you're listening out there, Andrew. And Fredo, Chris Cuomo, and the recently released from his halfway house, uh, Joe Pacoco, the wartime consigliere, your leg breaker, as you've hit the mattresses, you're stirring the marinara sauce, and listening to us on uh, our FM affiliate, WLIR. It is so interesting because at that time, Jimmy McMillan had the handlebar mustache, and he stole everybody's thunder on the debate stage. Running against uh, Cuomo at that time, there was crazy man Carl Palladino actually left the stage, locked himself into the men's room and couldn't get out. What a stunad. Then you had the madam. That's right. The infamous madam who uh, whose campaign manager was Roger Stone. And you had Jimmy McMillan of the rent is too damn high party. Allow me to introduce myself. I represent the rent is too damn high party. People are working eight hours a day and 40 hours a week to some a third job. Women can't afford to take care of their children, feed their children breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
My main job is to provide a roof over your head, food on the table, and money in your pocket. This is politics as usual, playing a silly game. It's not going to happen. The rent too damn high movement, the people I'm here to represent can't afford to pay their rent. They're being laid off right now as I speak. They can't eat bread. Listen, someone's stomach, chill, child's stomach just growled. Did you hear it? Got to listen like me. Okay, Let's Mr. talk McMillan. about the issue. Mr. People can't Mr. afford Mr. to Cuomo, pay their rent. 30 Stop. seconds for you, sir. Rent is too damn high. Andrew Evelage Cuomo loved it, loved it. It was like from the old Roman circus days. But anyway, the point was that was 13 years ago in the gubernatorial debate. And then yesterday, led by the mini-me, Tiffany Caban, socialist, although she calls herself a Democrat, they bum-rushed the stage. The minions of AOC disrupted it. And this is what some of their supporters had to say. How could we afford an increase right now? Most of us don't have no jobs. If it goes up even one more dollar, it would affect them by possibly making them homeless. Now, let me try to level the playing field here because people were thinking that it's everybody who pays rent in the city. It's not. This affects the one million rent stabilized apartments that are out there. That means the rents are stabilized, not at a market rate, uh, but are going for below market rate. As a result of the rules and regulations passed by the city council, uh, the uh, owners and operators of these apartments, some of them small, some of them large, have decided to warehouse anywhere from 60,000 to maybe 100,000 apartments because they can't get them up to spec without uh, possibly going bankrupt. That's one option. The other option is NYCHA, which itself is warehoused upwards of 6,000 apartments. Imagine in public housing there's a demand, there's a wait, people. This has nothing to do with the uh, 1 million rent-stabilized apartments. But even the city that runs NYCHA has warehoused 6,000 apartments because of mold, because of other deterioration. They say they don't have the money to do the fixing. And remember, NYCHA has been voted time and time again the worst landlord in all of New York City. Uh, By every public advocate who has served, they always have the 100 worst Dracula landlords, and always NYCHA is first and foremost they are. And remember, that's run by the city of New York in partnership with the federal government. But let me get back on track here. So sixty to 100,000 apartments are being warehoused because landlords are saying they can't get the apartments up to spec to put them out there for rental if they can't get some money to fix these apartments because all those subsidies were suspended. So once again, you have Tiffany Caban and the Socialists Decide to have a temper tantrum. The Rent Guidelines Board is saying, hey, got to give them a 2 to 5% one-year uh, increase up to 7% on two-year leases. Now, you would say, oh, 7%, that's kind of high. But the way our current city councilwoman and others have acted last night, storming the stage at the Rent Guidelines Board meeting with her anger and hateful rhetoric, that gets nothing accomplished. The problem is that our city has become expensive for all working people, and City Hall still spends billions that are not going to lower costs. We got to remind AOC and Caban that her constituents in Astoria consist of tenants, homeowners, and small-time landlords who all need assistance in these challenging times. But if you chase out the landlords, what are you going to have, the state and the city take over their buildings? Trust me, that's happened before in the 70s. It was a complete and utter 
disaster. But nobody wants to listen to that kind of logic. That's why I'm supporting Kelly Klingman, who's running as a Republican candidate against uh, Tiffany Caban and Astoria. It will be a great race of the 51 city council races because it lays it all out there for the residents to make their own decisions. And speaking of that, you have a situation that is taking place with more illegal aliens coming in. Two buses have arrived already at the Port Authority, one earlier this morning from Texas sent by Abbott, and another one that is just arriving at the Port Authority. It will average about two buses a day. Uh, as Abbott has said, we, we need some relief. you got thousands that are now pouring across from the Mexican border again. When Title 41 uh, is gone on May 11th, even more will come across. They're all waiting there. They're, like, ready to mount a charge across the Rio Grande. And he's just taking them in and saying, what city you want to go to? Uh, and naturally, time and time again, the illegals are saying they want to come to New York. Why wouldn't you? Uh, you get more amenities. You get more ancillary uh, uh, benefits in New York City than you get in any other city in the United States that you choose to go to. And it sort of brings us back to that great discussion that Eric, that Eric Adams had with our own Sid Rosenberg yesterday as uh, Sid rightfully confronted Eric Adams on calling Governor Abbott a racist for sending the illegal aliens to what Adams said was five black-led cities in America, Denver, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Los Angeles, and, of course, New York. And i got to be honest. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing that word racist. And I got to tell you something, Eric. When people start to use that word racist every time something doesn't go their way, sometimes they are uh, unfairly labeled racist themselves. This isn't racism. This is about a different color than black. It's called blue. Every one of these cities, whether it's Denver or D.C. or New York or Chicago or Los Angeles, they're Democrat cities. has nothing to do with black people, white people. It's called Democrat policies. So I don't like it when you use that word. I really don't because what it does is it dilutes what real racism is, and this is more political than it is black or white. And I know you know that. When I was on with um, Sid Rosenberg this morning, as I am three mornings a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 7.05, I uh, told Sid, I said, you know, this is inaccurate information. Uh, Governor Abbott has been sending buses on a regular basis to Philadelphia. Last time I looked there, you had Jim Kenney, uh, who is the mayor. Uh, he is as white as any of you listening out there to some who would say that the call letters of WABC stands for always broadcasting Caucasian. So how did Philadelphia get left out of the deck? Well, of course, because Eric Adams wasn't going to meant mentioned Philadelphia because it has a white mayor that, in fact, has been welcoming the illegals, welcoming them, and continues to welcome them, knowing that Title 41 will end on May 11th. The mayor and others in Philadelphia, again, white officials, have said they're more than happy to take more than their fair share. But, of course, this is what Eric Adams had to say to Sid's criticism about constantly playing the race card, which he has done throughout his political life. 
Well, I think first uh, there needs to be a level of accuracy and what my comments were, because if you look at my comments, and that's why I put out a written statement, I didn't use the term racist. Uh, he, <laughs> he said everything but the R word, everything but the R word. And then Sid told Eric Adams that the illegals want to come here. They choose to come to New York City because obviously we provide more than anybody else, although he didn't coach it in that manner. That's exactly what I would have told him. I understand that's the right to shelter, but in some of these cities, they take it to another extreme. Fancy hotels, free meals, Xbox. What if I told you the migrants wanted to go to those cities because those black mayors treat those people better than maybe they should be treated? Let me tell you something. There's no doubt in my mind that as illegal aliens pour across the border in Mexico, most of them Spanish-speaking, if they are watching this on Channel 41, Channel 47, it's the Spanish language uh, stations for all Spanish-speaking languages also. They are uh, satellite stations around the world that if you're in the Dominican Republic, if you happen to be um, oh uh, in Mexico itself, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Bolivia, Peru, wherever you happen to be watching this news and you see... Everything that's being uh, given to you, what are you going to choose? And it turns out that Eric Adams lied to Sid yesterday when he said that New York City was the only destination being uh, promoted to an illegal alien coming across the border from Juarez to El Paso in which you could come to New York for free. That is not true. The three places you could go to without having to reach into your pocket for any pesos was New York, Chicago, and, yes, Philadelphia. So let's stop the nonsense here. Let's understand that Philadelphia has been a primary destination to send illegal aliens. They're welcoming them in Philadelphia, their leadership. But I will tell you this much. Just as we saw a socialist win uh, in the election uh, runoff in Chicago as Beetlejuice, a.k.a. Eric Adams' best friend in the world, Lori Lightfoot, lightweight, was knocked out of the box. A guy named Johnson. He's as socialist as the day is long. There is going to be a Philadelphia mayoral election on May 16th. And right now, a socialist might win, Helen Jim. And again, I say to all the moderate Democrats out there, how come you haven't gone to Philadelphia and helped some of the moderate Democrats who are running? Whereas AOC and Bernie Sanders and all the socialists, have flooded into Philadelphia to help Helen Jim, an Asian-American woman, become the first socialist mayor in the history of crime-ridden Philadelphia. Spectacular! Now, here's the Sid Wrap-Up. Ladies and gentlemen, on my appearance with Sid Rosenberg and friends, where I am generally the fiend and the foe, I approached uh, Sid, and I said uh, that I want I want to um, have a ruling by the commission of Sid and Friends on whether Frank Morano, the Mameluke, should be suspended or not. And in fact, this is how I appealed to Sid, knowing that in the wings are uh, Bo Deedle, uh, Peter King, uh, Lou himself, 
And I'm not quite sure if it's Justin Ellick or if it's Noam Laden. But anyway, this is what I said in making my appeal to the ruling commissioner about Frank. I'm telling you why you got to suspend uh, Frank Moran. Here it is. I hear, oh, Sewell, the police commissioner, doing a great job. Yeah. I, been, I like her, too. There's been a crime rise on Staten Island they never had before. Yeah. 17% increase, Mid-Island, North Shore. What the hell is he talking about? Well, right? I know you contend that, uh, is it Phil Banks who does all the police work? Who's oh, the yeah. guy? The uh, deputy mayor of public safety. He calls the shots. And his brother. And then he gives a shout-out to his brother, Department of Education, the acronym, dumbest organization ever. <laughs> and Frank, oh, he's doing an outstanding or, job. Or and dead. Then, uh, or dead uh, no, that would be dead. That's DOA. I'm sorry. And then, yes. and then Jimmy Otto for the buildings commissioner, which under any mayor is the most corrupt agency in the city where they get scattered sandwiches, lettuce sandwiches. What does Jimmy Otto know? He doesn't even know how to hold a hammer and a bag of nails, right? And who does he replace, Eric Olrich, your friend, who owed the Bonanno family his life? He was such a degenerate gambler. What the hell is Frank Morano talking about? I want you to suspend Frank Morano for spreading misinformation. While I have to go to my uh, committee of folks, I don't make these uh, choices. Uh, it's not unilateral. I sit down with Noam and Lewis, but I will certainly uh, put it under consideration. It's likely not going to happen because I love Frank, and he's a great guy and a great guest and a great radio host. But, but... I have to be fair. If you bring it up, it will I, I want you to do that as a favor. Okay. Me, right? And he did. And the first to weigh in while doing his podcast here today was Bo Deedle. And he went thumbs down like Julius Caesar at the old Roman Coliseum. He went thumbs down on Frank Morano. So now it will depend on the vote of Sid Rosenberg, of Lou, uh, and um, uh, Peter King. And either Justin or Noam, I don't know who that other member of the commission is. But I made the appeal. It has been heard. And there will be a vote on it. Meantime, speaking of Peter King, uh, just recovered from some form of surgery. It didn't prevent him from taking shots at me, as he normally does. Yeah, listen, Curtis is a nut. Curtis and I are fighting all the time. I think John Casmatee should charge from rent. For all the uh, uh, illegal <laughs> occupying he does there. I mean, John is like Eric Adams. Where he lets in illegal people to sleep there. And uh, the next thing, you know, here we ask him for a free radio or something or an iPhone. You know, if he charges me rent, Peter King, uh, just like you saw at the New York City Rent Guidelines Board, uh, where Tiffany Caban was storming the stage, I might have to storm the stage here uh, on the second floor of WABC where we actually have a film studio in place. But anyway, I digress. Then just as quick as Peter King smacked me down, gave me a pimp slap, he kissed me. But I hope it wasn't on the lips. The thing is, he has done such a great job on this thing with Kavan yeah. and the whole crowd. <laughs> That's hilarious. Don't laugh. You'll hurt your stomach. He has done a great job, and he's uh, out there endorsing Kelly Klingman, and so am I. Yep. In fact, Peter King, uh, like I said, he pimp slapped me down. He tongue-kissed me because it was our team that came up with a pamphlet that Tiffany Caban, mini-me of AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Socialists of America, was giving out, distributing to young children in schools, telling them to hate the police, to never want to be a police officer, and under no circumstance whatsoever call 911. But with all that said and done, Peter King, even after surgery, even after realizing that the Nassau County Republicans' choice 
to become the congressman in the 3rd Congressional District replacing Tom Swazi, George Santos, was complaining about a drag queen act in a North Shore high school, right? The, the hubris, the huevos, the, the, the culiones to do that, all brought to you courtesy of Peter King and the Nassau County GOP that took $185,000 from George Santos. He decided to once again prove more than anyone else that he is an Eric Adams Republican. So another really good thing you're doing is keeping your bond with uh, Eric Adams. You know, you and I can disagree with him on any number of issues. The fact is, he's right now the best that's around the Democratic Party. And when you get to know him, you know, uh, you know him better than I do with dissent. I know him. His heart is in the right place. He wants yep. to do the right thing. Agreed. And, uh, you, you know, got to stay in. Stay in touch with him and in contact with him. Well, I do. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier this morning, as soon as the conversation ended, and it got pretty contentious, I called him out for using the word racist. I said, they're going to call you a racist. The first thing he sent me was, that was fun. So I respect the mayor for that. Fun? As uh, our city is flooded with illegal aliens, another two buses today that have come in. And maybe Peter King, who has become such a sycophantodian lackey uh, as an Eric Adams Republican, uh, thinking uh, that it may be Jerry Adams or the Sinn Féin when he's half in the bag. Hey, Peter King, I know you're listening now. Why don't you invite some of these illegal aliens to come to the south shore of Long Island? You know, maybe the Nautical Mile, Freeport, we could uh, send them by boat there. You are so friendly with Eric Adams, who is the mayor of the illegal immigrants, not our mayor, the swagger man with no plan. Why don't you take your fair chance? Did you love... (laughs) Eric Adams so much, Peter King. 